0: Okie dokie, what a lovely morning it's been, so good to be together in God's presence and you know we enjoy God's presence even though we live in a sinful environment but we can come together, imagine folks being in God's presence in a sin free environment and That is just going to be quite amazing. I'd like to draw your attention this morning to Psalm 28. And um, if you'd turn with me to Psalm 28, perhaps, Hank, you might be able to bring it up on the screen. I want to read the whole psalm. To you, Lord, I will call. You are my rock. Do not turn a deaf ear to me, for if I remain silent, I'll be like those who go down to the pit. Hear my cry for mercy as I call, as I call to you for help, as I lift my hands toward your most holy place. Do not drag me away with the wicked, with those who do evil, who speak cordially with their neighbours. But harbour malice in their hearts Repay them for their deeds and their evil work Repay them for what their hands have done And bring back on them what they deserve <coughs> Excuse me, Because they have no regard for the deeds of the Lord And what his hands have done He will tear down and never build them up again Praise be to the Lord for he has heard my cry for mercy, the Lord has the Lord is my strength and my shield, my heart trusts in Him, and He helps me. My heart leaps for joy, and I will and with my song, I will praise Him. The Lord is the strength <coughs> of His people, a fortress of salvation for His anointed one. Save your neighbors and bless your inheritance, but be their shepherd, and carry them for ever. <coughs> Could someone grab me a bottle of water, please? Thanks, Cathy. So, I quite like this psalm. I think it's pretty interesting. I really like... Um... <coughs> Excuse me. I really like this first couple of verses here. It says, to you, Lord... Uh, To you, Lord, I call. You are my rock. Do not turn a deaf ear against me. Thank you so much, Kathy. Uh, For if you remain silent, I'll be like those who go down to the pit. How often do we say, yes, Jesus is my rock. He's the one who's in my heart. He's the one who's brought salvation. And yet, what about those times we pray and the Lord is silent? Is he still our rock? Yes. Or do we say, oh, you won't answer my prayer. I'll go and commit sin instead. <laughs> Some people do. David's enemies were undermining his reputation and his work. Okay, his enemies. So he turned to the Lord with two special requests. One, that God would speak to him. And two, that God would save him. God speaks to us folks in answered prayer. And I like that. We had many testimonies this morning of how God has spoken to people through answered prayer. Are you silent? Says David. I might just as well be dead. And if you don't deliver me, you're treating me like the enemy. Now, it's a kind of pretty powerful argument. That's what David was doing in requesting. But he was not only requesting, that's in the first five verses, but in the, in the second part of the psalm, in verses 6 through to 9, <clears throat> David was rejoicing. God heard him. God helped him. And he does the same for us. Yeah? Yeah. And God is not a God of yesterday. Yes, we can look back. We sang History Maker today. We can look back. We can look at our history with God. But God is interested in today. And God is interested in tomorrow. We can learn lessons from yesterday. We can learn lessons from the past. But it doesn't stay there with God. He even had plans for you before you were born. Even before he created the heavens and the earth, he had a plan for you. That's the God of today. You can rejoice in the Lord even when you cannot rejoice in yourselves or your circumstances trust God to be your strength trust him to be your song and your salvation he is the faithful shepherd who will carry you both so who will carry both you and your burdens I'm reminded of the footsteps poem you probably know that one Uh, two set of footprints in the sand And then we could only see one set of footprints and we thought, well, here's a story of Jesus walking hand in hand with someone and then he left them. But it's not the case. When they were burdened, he picked them up and carried them. And that's why there was only one set of footprints in the sand the kind of god i believe in it's the kind of god that this book is all about remember basic instructions before leaving earth get it into your spirit folks it's a good book i don't read many other books there's some good ones around but (laughs) this is the best And I don't know the statistic on this, but you could probably Google it. For how long, for how many years has the Bible been the best seller? Year after year after year. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Helen, can you Google that and give us an answer before I finish preaching, please? I reckon that's an interesting statistic. Thanks. Praise the Lord for Google. eh? that we can use it for His glory. We can use anything for His glory. There's sin all around us, folks, and anything can be used for sinful purposes, but can also be used for God's glory. And that's what we should be about. Okay. Okay. Let's get to the first point. You're blessed today, folks. It's only a two-point message, not a three-point. Alrighty. David wanted to be kept separate from the wicked when they were overthrown. For David, this was an urgent plea. If God would not respond, he would die. Reminds me of when Michelle Hamilton came. And I shared this maybe a couple of months ago. Michelle Hamilton, she went all around different churches <coughs> sharing her testimony. Long story short, she had swept out of the lagoon. The canoe broke in pieces in a storm. And there she was hanging on to a piece of wood off the canoe, the outrigger. Two shark fins were going towards her. Tell you what, folks. Helen and I were talking about this last night. You know when you, like, give thanks for your meal? It's not really done with much passion, is it? You know, Lord, we thank you for the food. We pray you'll bless it. You know, blah, blah, blah. But i tell you what, when there's two shark fins coming towards you, you, all of a sudden, your prayer takes on a a passion that, you know, Oh, Lord, save me! Anyway... (laughs) Michelle Hamilton's prayer was answered because those two sharks that were coming towards her. They kept coming, and coming. And she prayed and prayed and prayed with passion. They did a U-turn and took off. She turned around and there was a big fishing boat plucked her out of the water. Fantastic. So here's David. You see, if God did not answer his prayer he would die. His enemies were after him. What do they say? There's no atheists on a sinking ship. It's really interesting when people get close to death, they turn to God, generally. A a greater than 99%, I would say. You know, it's like, well, okay, what have we got to lose? We're going to die anyway. You know? like, the boat's going down, the sharks are coming, let's give it a crack. Might be quite a few people in heaven that got there just by the skin of their teeth. Yeah. How do we go? Helen? did we find anything out? Oh yeah. Yep. It says the Bible is even in the Guinness World Records that novel has absorbed it. And the best year the Bible was sold. Was 1995, where they sold five million copies. Five million billion. 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 Wow. wow, that's crazy! So, yeah, bestseller. Tell you what, folks, don't let the world discourage you about the um, the uh, what's the word about Christianity being slow or down. There are far more Christians in the world than you and I would actually believe. The world is being ruled by unbelievers, by and large. But Christianity is on the rise. And you know what's done it? Fear. Fear. The enemy creates fear to discourage people. But fear will drive people to the Lord, believe me. Worried about COVID, a lot of people are coming to the Lord. You know, Worried about, like, increase of earthquakes and volcanoes. People come to the Lord. Fear. Alrighty. So, David asked three things of the Lord. One, that the Lord would favour him as he cried out for mercy and help. Two, that the Lord would not drag him off with hypocritical sinners. And three, that the Lord would justif- justly punish the wicked. What was it that David saw in the Lord? Why did he favour God over other gods of the day? And why did David trust in God rather than his own instincts? I tell you what, it's right here at the beginning of the psalm. You are my rock. You are my rock. Hallelujah. This name implies of security, of strength, of stability. Like Shadrach, Meshach and Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel, they did not see Nebuchadnezzar's idol as a rock. They didn't see that idol as security or strength. You talk to the idol, it doesn't talk back. But God answers prayer. It's a difference. So how are you with this? How do you see God? Do you see God as your security, as your strength? Do you see God as your stability in a turbulent world? You might say yes, but in real terms, during the week, when you're at home or at work or when the crisis hits, what's your view of God then? You know, there's a lot of talk about do I take the jab or not? Do I not take the jab and trust God? fair argument do I take the jab amidst all of the um, all of the talk about it and all of the potential situations and still trust God you know like where do we draw the line got to the, the Bible says you can drink poison it's not going to hurt you Like, I'm not advocating whether you should take it or not. I think everybody has a right to make up their own mind, to read or to find out, um, do a bit of research, and come to your own conclusions. And whichever way you go, you still need to trust God. It doesn't matter. And And it's not just about taking the jab. It's about any situation in life. We need to trust God for our decisions. Graham put his house on the market. The first thing he did was trust God. But even more than that, he shared it in church and asked for prayer. God came through. It doesn't matter if you're selling a house or going on a road trip or even if you're just buying the groceries. We need to pray and consider God in all of our decision-making processes or at least the major decision-making process. Trust God. See what God has to say about it and then run with that conviction. Like, Jonah didn't trust God, did he? God said, go to Nineveh, preach the word. He became disobedient. He didn't trust God. He became fish vomit. We don't want that. It reminds me of the... uh, Church of Ephesus in, in uh, Revelation chapter 2 is it? Where those that are lukewarm will be spat out of God's mouth. It's like vomit. And Jonah was lukewarm wasn't he? And he spat out of a fish's mouth. But he changed his tone after that didn't he? flicked onto the beach by a whale's tongue. (laughs) He must have been kind of bleached or, I don't know, you know, like, just imagine the poor guy. But he learned a lesson. And, you know what's interesting about that story? Gentiles got saved. God wasn't just about the Jews, was he? Even in the Old Testament. Anyway. That's a message for another time. David saw God as his rock and we also should see God as our rock. David said to God, never, never abandon me to the fate of the wicked. Those who ruthlessly plot iniquity against others, those who speak so smoothly and so peacefully to their neighbours while planning to do them in. We see those people today, don't we? Nothing much has changed in our many, what, two, three millennia, two and a half, three millennia. Nothing's changed. People are still people. But the thing is, God is still God. The same yesterday, today and forever. David asked the Lord to deal with them according to what they deserve. Taking into account their deeds and the exceeding wickedness of what they do. He wanted them rewarded according to the work of their hands. He felt that that's what they deserve because they have no appreciation for God's work or the operation of God's hands. Have you ever prayed for your enemies in such a way? I did one day was the time. I used to work with uh, six other men repairing train lines, putting in sleepers, rails. They were hard men, hard living. Not that hard working, a bit lazy some of them. But they were hard living men. And one particular guy, his blasphemies were like 40 or 50 just before morning tea at least on any given day. After a while, it just, it got to me. I just, I didn't, just didn't like how he talked about my saviour like that. There's two testimonies about the same guy, the same thing. And in both cases, I prayed that God would deal with him. I felt he was an enemy of God. He was doing that just to knock me, you know, because I was a Christian. And I said to him one day, I became passionate. I said, you better stop talking like that. I said, God is going to close your mouth. And then he came out with blasphemies. So wicked and swearing and saying things, you know, speaking to me like that. With me, it was a bit like water off a duck's back because, you know, like, okay, it's not really me having a go at it, it's God. So um, I said, okay, I said, that's it, I have prayed and God will close your mouth today. He goes, "Ha! I'm not scared about your so-and-so, God. I said, no, neither am I. (laughs) He said, I'm still talking, God. I said, keep laughing, it won't be long. And just like that, he had intense stomach cramps. This is morning tea time. And he's going, oh! And the boys are saying, what's wrong with you? He goes, I don't know. I said, listen boys, God is closed in his mouth. You watch this. And they looked at me. I said, you don't even know the power of God. And... The leading hand said, okay, smoke goes over, boys, time to get back to work. But not this guy, he was on the floor of the truck in the fetal position, (laughs) groaning. So we went back to work and left him there. Lunchtime, he was still there in the same position, groaning and moaning. I said, see what happens when people pray? I said, God surely closed your mouth today. Anyway, he mumbled a few things. I don't know what he said. We had lunch. We finished lunch, went back to work. All the other boys called him lazy and said he was a faker. <laughs> we came back after morning, after afternoon for, uh, sorry, packed the tools up. And on our way back home, we were travelling, we were working away from home, too far away to take him to, back to the doctor. So on the way home, we're about, I don't know, 10 or 15 k's from the depot. All of a sudden, he came good. The stomach cramps left him. He sat up. He's as bright as a button. I said, let that be a lesson to you and to all of you. You don't mess around with God. I said, God has power. And I prayed that his mouth would be closed. And it was. I said, you don't need to blaspheme anymore. Not, not around me anyway. he pretty good for a couple of months. It sort of sobered him up a bit. Don't hesitate, folks, to pray for your enemies. Pray that God will give them what they deserve. I know the scriptures say, love your enemies. Yes, show love towards them. Show gratitude towards them. And I was always kind and friendly to this guy. No worries at all. That's, that's me. Rock up to work with a smile. It's another day. But I tell you what, when he got my danner up, I went to the Lord. And don't be afraid to do that. If someone's really getting to you, you know, they're not your enemy, they're an enemy of God. Don't hesitate to pray for them. I'm amazed at what God does. I'm amazed at how God can turn his hand. And how do you feel when you see and you experience great miracles or or hear the most powerful testimonies? We heard a lot of testimonies this morning. Do you still have the same feeling in your own personal prayer to God when God doesn't answer your prayer in the way that you envisage? What about when your prayer is not even answered at all? Is God still your rock? Can you trust him no matter what? The Lord, folks, was David's strength and shield. And he was able to escape the schemes of the wicked so that he could rejoice in the Lord. And folks, that night, I rejoiced in the Lord. I'm going, yeah, thank you, Lord. Oh, this is awesome. A win for Jesus. I could give you a lot of of testimonies about those days. Okay, the Lord saves his people. He's like a fortress. And just like a fortress would defend against the enemy, so the Lord defended David. And he will defend you. The Lord is their strength. And the Lord is our strength. He's, like, think of it, David was a king. And the welfare of the king um, and his kingdom are bound together. And as God strengthens the king the kingdom will also be strengthened. And you're part of this church, Wattle City Church. And as God strengthens you, this church is also strengthened as a whole. Just like a king and a kingdom. As God strengthens you, your family is strengthened. As God strengthens you, your friends are strengthened. Because they see you in a different light. And there's nothing better to walk around town saying, I've got a good testimony. Listen to what God has done. Who's your strength and who is your shield? Who do you cry out to when there's a crisis? Are you numbered amongst the Lord's anointed? Believers have an enemy that plots against them, but the Lord, folks, is our stronghold. Ephesians 6 tells us to stand firm. And when you finish standing, continue to stand. Don't back away. Don't back away from the devil. I'm reminded by um, what's his name? Smith Wigglesworth. Great man of God. Evangelist, prophet, preacher. And he's laying in bed one night and he like thousands. He'd led thousands to Christ and the devil was not happy. And he's laying in bed one night and In the dark, and he is awoken, and Satan, he said, Satan in his book, he said Satan was at the foot of his bed. He said, Oh, it's only you. Rolled over and went back to sleep. Where are we in this? If Satan appeared at the foot of your bed, what would your response be? Get lost. Don't call me. No, you can call me if you like. Exactly. Tell him to get lost. Because the power that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. And Satan is in the world, folks. (coughs) Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. The psalmist returned to prayer. He was overjoyed at the outcome of the, for the salvation of the nation Israel. They received guidance from their shepherd. Forever. Their prayer that the Lord would bear them up. Was a request. A request. That he sustain them through all their trials. And tribulations. It's the same with us. And this is what God does. Saving and blessing his inheritance. Save, saving and blessing his inheritance. Folks. My parents looked after an inheritance for their children. They looked after it. And when they passed on, I received an inheritance that they had left for me and my siblings. God, we are God's inheritance. And he looks after us. And God has something for us. And he's preparing that. Jesus said, I've gone to prepare. Is the devil preparing something for you? No. Maybe a good time before you die. It's about it. But even then, it's not that good because it's all sinful. Jesus feeds us like a shepherd feeds his flocks. And he will be excited through the triumph of our King. Who's sustaining you? Who is lifting you up? Who is seeing you through to the end? God will see you through. All you have to do is petition him for the breakthroughs in your life and ministry. Folks, petitions. I get so much stuff on Facebook or wherever. Sign this petition against this politician or that one or this thing or that thing. I just hit the delete button, folks. The only one I petition is the Lord with my prayers. Mm-hmm. I don't need to sign a form and send it to, to Dan or whoever. I just pray to God because... God is stronger and more powerful than any human or any human plan. I'm only interested in the plan that God has for me. Yes, I'm interested in the plan God has for Victoria and Australia and other nations. Sure, I'm interested in that. And I'm keenly interested in the plan that God has for Kenya. You know, it's coming up. We're looking to support a child, a Kenyan child through compassion at some, some we have, the board we haven't even discussed it as a board, but it's an idea that'll be floated at the next meeting. And I love that because we can contribute to a child financially and send that kid to school. But when we go to Kenya on mission trips we can visit the child in person. I reckon that's awesome. And we can take a parcel or parcels from this church and bless that child or children. So we can rejoice in the power and the victory, folks, of answered prayer. That's when you hear God, when your prayer is answered. You pray and God answers. You hear from God. Let's pray. Father, we give you honour and praise. We thank you for this psalm of David, Lord. And how he recognised that you were his rock. And you answered his prayers. And you saved the nation. And Father, answer our prayers, Lord. Save our souls. Save the souls of our friends. Even save this nation of Australia. How can it happen, Lord? Only you know. And only you can do it. Father, we live in a troubled world. I pray, Lord, that not just the folks that are here today and the folks that are online, but people everywhere, Lord, can put their faith and their trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to a Wattle City Church podcast. If you download the Anchor podcast app and type Wattle City Church into the search engine, you can listen to more and great podcasts from Waddle City Church. Thanks.